I've worked with hundreds of women entrepreneurs to help them market their businesses. Behind their businesses, they all have stories to tell. Whether it's battling mommy guilt, starting a business after being fired from a six-figure job, or realizing they needed to pivot and forge an uncharted path, they've all experienced something on their journey to success. I'm one of these women too, and I'm here to share our stories on Bright Girls in Business. Hello, everybody. It is Chanel Yarber, and I am back, y'all. I have been on a hiatus for a couple months. I took a little breather over the holidays and, you know, had to take a little reprieve. And we're back with the Bright Girls in Business show. And I am super excited, as I always am, when I get a chance to come before you. Because I somehow, like, end up meeting the dopest women that I think are on the planet, and I get a chance to introduce you to them. And so today, it's the same thing. You know how we, you know how we do it here. So my guest today is an international mindfulness-based stress management and psychological safety consultant from Dallas, Texas. Actually, she's in Dallas by way of KC Mo. It's KC Mo, right? Not KC KC. It's not. KS. It's not KCK. It's Overland Park, Kansas. Technically, because oh, well. if anybody's watching this from Kansas City, they're gonna be like, "Manda's not from Kansas City, Missouri." Oh, was well, she from Kansas but City, Kansas? It's easiest to say Kansas City. It's all good. Okay, K- <laughs> she's from KC. She's from KC. I'm from KC. Yes. So she is. Wait a minute. She is currently pursuing her PhD in business psychology. So she's about to be Dr. Dr. Muhammad. Dr. Muhammad. All right. <laughs> she teaches individuals how to build resilience and reduce stress, as well as how to introduce different practices to the people they serve as a foundation for social emotion social emotional learning. Now, in addition to facilitating trainings across the country and internationally. <laughs> She runs a web-based education platform, Mako Mindfulness, that is created to guide you through her framework of evidence-based practices that change the way we process and respond to stressful situations. Welcome, Amanda Muhammad. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share how we know each other. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Amanda is really my neighbor (laughs) and we met some time ago, somehow social media connects me to so many people and I have been following her and admiring her on social media for like some years. And then one day we we were walking through the lobby and we connected and realized that we had been connected on social media for all this time. And so now here we are, and here I finally are. get a chance to chop it up with you and have a good time. I'm so excited. We've been meaning to do this for a long time. <laughs> a long time. But, I mean, I just said, you're always traveling around the country, internationally. We're going to talk about that a little bit because I'm, I'm intrigued about this, <laughs> this practice that you have. So yeah. what inspired you to create a business around mindfulness and stress management? Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting story. So like you mentioned, my background from college is management leadership was my undergrad. My master's is in organizational leadership, and I'm now working on my PhD in business psychology. So um, I'll tell you the story of how I first discovered it and then how I got here. 
All right, story time, let's go. So when I was in college, um, my family was going through an incredibly hard time. And my brother was at Emporia State University. I was at the University of Kansas. And my brother uh, knew that my mom was stressed. And at the time, like, I wasn't even really sleeping, you know, not organically anyway. So my brother takes this, like, gym class or, you know, some kind of fitness class. And he tells my mom, he's like, I know what you need to do to manage your stress. You need to breathe and you need to stretch. So, okay, my mom's like, whatever. So she ends up taking this yoga class from our local community college, Johnson County Community College. And um, she, one day she brings me up from KU um, and takes, for me to take this yoga class with her. So I had never done yoga before and reminded you, I had not been sleeping, right? So at the end of yoga, you have this final resting pose called Shavasana. It's a state of being somewhere between being awake and being asleep. And um, I, after the end of class, I look at my mom and I go, mom, somebody was snoring so loud. And she goes, Mandy, that was you. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, what is this? All I did was a little bit of breathing, a little bit of stretching and paid attention to what the teacher said. And you, you're telling me that I was knocked out to that point? Because again, I was not sleeping. And so it really just kind of became this practice for me. My mom got me this little purple yoga mat from TJ Maxx or Ross or one of those stores. Anyways, I start rolling it out and just like, playing around on it, just breathing and doing these different movements like I did in class. And I found that the more that I did those things, the better that I felt. And I found that when I did them consistently, the way that I coped with stressful situations was beginning to change. And then I stumbled across this book by Rhonda Burns, The Secret, which is all about the power of your mind. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I found that when I did these practices, they made a big difference in my life. But like a lot of things, we get excited about them in the beginning, and then we kind of sit them down, and then we like might pick them back up. And again, I noticed that as I did them, they really made a difference for me. So I end up, you know, graduating from KU, start my first corporate job. Look around, most people are pretty stressed, right? Yes. And um, I had these tools in my back pocket. Again, when I used them, they made a difference. And sometimes you kind of fall off. And then I left that job and I went to a small private company. Looked around, a lot of people are pretty stressed. Use tools, difference, don't use tools. Yeah. And then I became an educator. I was a teacher, second grade teacher, and I loved it. You know, it was so different from corporate America. But again, you look around and a lot of the people are incredibly stressed. And I began sharing these practices like breathing exercises and, you know, the different energy that I was bringing into, you know, wherever I was, gratitude and stuff like that, and noticed that it, it made a big difference there too. But I also started to extend it to the educators that were there. So I was teaching yoga classes to teachers and teaching yoga to the students and, you know, doing all of these different things. And I just noticed that as I was sharing them, not only were they making a difference for me, they were making a difference for the people that I was serving. And so I was like, you know what? I was like, I got no man, no kids, no land. I'm about to leave my job and start this one. And it is my my six year anniversary oh, will be June 2nd of leaving my job and starting this company full time. So that's the story of how I got here. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to tell you, I needed you. I needed to know you in 2016. Yeah. Because I was on a job in corporate and I was, when I say stressed out, I was like, I, I remember riding the dart train to work. I yeah. used to pick up the train in Plano and ride it into downtown Dallas. Oh, wow. And I remember some days getting on a train and I would like position myself kind of in a corner to myself. And I would like tears would just be streaming down my face wow. on the way to work because I knew when I got in the office, I was going to be just bombarded. And so I like set myself up to 
go early. Like I would go in earlier than anybody. I would leave all the lights out mm-hmm. and I would just go in the office and like just settle myself because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to see that they were affecting me like that. Right. And I feel like there's so many women and just people in general that, you know, like you said, you go into work and everybody is on edge. Everybody mm-hmm. is stressed. Everybody's trying to perform at a certain level. Um, and it can get really crazy. So I, I definitely needed to know know you and know about <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing then so I could yeah. like disarm myself. Yeah. So what are some of the subtle ways that you see stress and fatigue and, and burnout show up in people that perhaps they don't even realize they're there? Because like I just told you, I think I already was kind of stressed out and burned out and I didn't realize it until I had a health scare. Mm. So for somebody like me or anybody at this, at you know, this point, what would you tell them to look for before they get to the point of complete burnout? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that you experienced that. And I'm so sorry that that's such a common experience, you know, especially here in the States where we don't really have a lot of balance and don't really have a lot of tools for that. You know, we're used just as, you know. Yes. Anyways, (laughs) um, there's lots of different warning signs that you can pay attention to. And for everybody, it's going to be unique. You know, like we, we respond to things, you know, uniquely based on our experience here, right? There could be physical symptoms, there could be emotional symptoms, there could be cognitive things. Like, you know, for some folks, they might find that it's harder for them to remember things. Mm -hmm. Some people may have trouble sleeping. Some people may have stomach aches. Some people may, um, you know, have like twitching in their body. There's all kinds of ways that stress can show up for you. So what I would advise um, is, because it's going to be unique to you, is kind of taking a step back and kind of looking at what are those warning signs. So this is something that I talk about a lot in my trainings that are like cost of care or that where I work with people who work directly with other people who are very stressed. Warning signs are big for anybody though, right? And so it's really looking at what does it look like when I'm in red? What does it look like when I'm in yellow? And what does it look like when I'm in green? Like how do I know when I'm good to go? And really just like building that awareness around what it looks like when I'm in different spaces and already having a plan in place. Because when you're stressed, you're not thinking about like, what's the what's the best thing that I can do in this? You're just trying to make it through. So what if we could have kind of a, a marker where each day we can check in and say, okay, I've had, you know, five days in yellow. I might need to take a moment to check in and see what it is that I need to do for myself. And again, that's it's not a blanket experience. Everyone's experience is going to be unique. And, you know, we have the things that we face that people know about, and we have the things that we will never allow to see the light of day, right? And so it's really just being true to yourself. I think the first step is going to be that self-awareness and really being honest with yourself about what it looks like when I am, you know, feeling good and what it looks like when I'm kind of teetering off of that. And then having some things in place that you know work well for you, right? Like I know for me, when I'm completely shutting down and don't want to talk to anybody, like in isolating for long periods, that's red, right? Mm. Because just because I teach it doesn't mean I'm not human and don't experience it. It's just that I have a few more tools, you know? And I know what it looks like when I'm in yellow and I know what it looks like when I'm green and I'm feeling good and whatnot. And so I have to put my own plan in place. And so do you, you know, having that self-awareness and taking the initiative to do something for yourself, knowing, you know, that you ultimately are the only person that can do that. I like that. I like the fact that you said that each person experiences it differently. Yeah. Um, Because I know for me, if I'm stressed, two things are going to happen. One, my back is going to start hurting. Like, because I tense up in my body. 
and I can tell that I'm like holding stress in my mm-hmm. lower back and yeah. I'm like, oh, my back is hurting. Something is, you know, something is off. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I get really irritable and I start cussing. <laughs> you get snippy with people. I get, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I get real bad and yeah. I start saying anything. And it's like my mind is just going. And then afterward, I'm like, oh, dang, I just went completely left on it. Like, <laughs> my right. bad. But you can't do that in corporate because you'll get fired. Yep, <laughs> so right. Like, and in a lot of places, right? Because, you know, your reactivity to things, it matters, mm-hmm. right? So the things that happen to us, we might not be able to control them. But what we decide to do on the other side of them is 100% our responsibility. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that you know those things. And even if you can't catch them right in the moment, you can start to see when that momentum begins to build. You know, like, okay, my back's been hurting. And you can look at that and say, okay, who have I been around? What have I been doing? And you can put things in place for that too so that before you get to the stressful situation you've already kind of you know like you you have a meeting and you know that each week these people stress you out right Mm -hmm. they gps their way to your last nerve but you just go in the meeting each week right right so you want to make sure that before you go in the meeting knowing that the meeting stresses you out that you're already taking care of yourself similar to how you say that you went early and you know sat and got yourself grounded before you went into your day right which there's a there's a lot that's around that but it's just preparing yourself for situations that are inevitable instead of just letting life throw you all over you know what I mean yeah because I find that a lot of us um if we aren't armed with some tools yeah that we tend to lean toward being in a um a state of drama or like oh, yeah. we, we feel like we're the victim, right? <laughs> I know I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm speaking for, sure. for me. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> um, and it was like, oh, all this stuff is happening to me. But I love the fact that you just said, you know, be accountable, mm-hmm. basically. You know, take accountability for yourself and your response and, yeah. and, and proactively deal with it before you get into a state of where you just like me and you just completely stressed out. Yeah. I mean, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on, you know, accountability and understanding that this is my life. Like the jobs, you can tell them you're stressed. You can, you know, say a lot of things and go to the forums and speak. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for you and they are responsible for them. And if y'all haven't seen, they will replace people in a heartbeat when they do not show up for work. Right. So you have to you're the only person that can look out for you. So I always push for people to, you know, I'm just like, listen, Things are going to happen. There's a rule that I teach. Um, Stephen Covey, who's like a leadership thought, mm-hmm. thought leader, um, he talks about this concept called the 1090 rule. And what he says is that 10% of life is what happens to you and 90% is how you respond. Mm. And I love that. You know, it's not a mandate for happiness, but if we were to take the majority of stressors, like common stressors that people experience, we'd find that very few of them are 100% within our ability to control them. Right. Like and, and so we look at all of these different things and we look at how we ultimately the way that we continue to respond. We popping off on people and shutting down and doing this and doing that and making decisions in those moments that have long term consequences when we couldn't do anything about them in the first place. So it's all about putting those interventions in place. So like. You know, I I take a preventative approach when it comes to stress management. Now, I know, you know, when I show up, most folks are already stressed. But the idea is that we want to train our brains to know that there are things that we can do before the stress gets there to kind of cushion that blow. 
right? So that instead of you getting to the point where you're snippy and you're, you're getting reactive on people, you can say, okay, I noticed that my back is here. I need to do this. You can take your deep breaths. You can bring your system down so that you can respond in a more thoughtful way that doesn't have those long-term consequences. Like when you cuss your boss out and then you're sent packing the next day. Right. What if there was something that you could do to put in place so that you're not just reactive and so that you can actually respond and, you know, respond in a way that you feel proud of and that's ultimately going to serve your highest good for wherever you are. I like that. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about <laughs> responding in corporate spaces. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But a lot of my audience is entrepreneurs. Ooh, ooh. They're women entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and they're black women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're compounding <laughs> yeah. Yeah. levels of stress upon stress upon stress. And mm -hmm. you are a black woman entrepreneur. I am. How do you personally, I mean, because you got a lot of weight on your shoulders as, you know, you're running your own business. You don't have somebody that you can run to and they'll fix your problems. You're the fixer. I'm the fixer. <laughs> you're the fixer. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for yourself and how do you manage your own stress levels and just your own levels of mindfulness? Yeah. Okay, great question. So, of course, I do things like in my morning routine and throughout my day, I weave it into my day. So I've made, you know, self-care, of course, you know, it's something that I teach, but it's also like, it's something that I am. I wake up, I meditate, I work out, I do breathing exercises, I journal, I pray. I pray a lot. I pray a lot, y'all. Mm, I pray a lot. Too. <laughs> um, I do, you know, I do a lot of things throughout my day. I take, you know, dance classes with my friends, which really helps me. I carve out time for myself throughout the week. Like, but I've just kind of made it part of my expectations for how I live versus making it another task to do. Mm. I kind of like let it be something. That it's easy for me to do those things. Like that's a, that is what I do as Amanda Muhammad, right? Um, but I'm gonna give y'all the true entrepreneur cheat code: two things: raise your rates and put systems in place. Systems are Say my self-care. Please go back. Raise, Repeat it. Repeat it. <laughs> raise your rates uh -huh. and put systems in place. Uh -huh. So when I say raise my rates, here's what happens. If you are doing something as an entrepreneur that like requires you to be on and you know it takes your time and then you are barely scraping by, right? So like let's just say you have a service and you charge a hundred dollars for it. Okay. How many times do you have to do that service? to make a thousand dollars or if you want to hit a 10k month how many times do you have to do that service to hit ten thousand dollars right and so you think about the time and the energy that goes into that service right but if you can figure out a way to position yourself to get a five thousand dollar contract two times well now not only have you gotten more money but you get a lot more of your energy back then you can use that money to pour into other parts of your business and actually grow and scale your business versus always grinding. And I feel like that's something that I find with a lot of us, especially when we start out, because I've been there too, but really finding a way to position yourself so that you can earn more, which gives me the ability to rest. That's why I get to wake up and work out and lay around and meditate. Like that is part of my day, but it is because I've positioned myself to be able to live life that way. You know, where when I do need to, when I do have a season where I need to rest as a full-time entrepreneur, it's okay if I take two weeks off. Right. I mean, of course, I want to make that money back and whatnot, but positioning myself where it's okay 
for me to take days off. Like I was laughing the other day, one of my friends was talking about like these different positions in a company or whatever. It was like, oh yeah, accounting and finance and all this. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, dang, I'm every position. Right? Every single I'm every one. position. You know, uh-huh. there's, and I do, I hire contractors and whatnot too. So I use the money that I make to have other people that can support me in doing that work, which has been great. Um, and then systems. I have systems in place that replace the salary of hiring somebody for $45,000 a year. And the system costs me $350 a year. And it does everything. It sends my contracts. It sends my proposals. It sends automatic, automatic emails. So the more that I put systems in place in my business that work for me, the less that I have to think. So I, I am really big on any software that you can use and that you can set up if you can do it once or, you know, do a quarterly check-in on your software and just make sure that things are running. And you talk about the pressure, like the pressure of being a black woman in entrepreneurship, if we're just being honest, we're hard on each other mm. um, as black people in general, mm. oftentimes. And so the pressure that we have not to mess up, the pressure that we have to be perfect is a lot. And those systems help me quite a bit with that. You know? That's good. I, yeah. I almost I want to stick a pin there. <laughs> I do. It's Black History Month, oh, and we're gonna Black talk History about it. we're gonna talk about this. Every day is Black History Day, though. It is <laughs> every single day, three sixty-five. Yes, yes. But um, it wasn't until I learned what you just said—the yeah. two things. I got a coach. Oh yeah, because I feel like big I was, on coaching. Oh my god, my yeah. coach like shout out to her. She know who she is. She's gonna be on the show in two weeks. Oh, but anyway. Once I got in my spirit Mm -hmm. that Chanel, your time is priceless and what you do and how you help people is also priceless to them. Yeah. Um, And understanding my intrinsic worth and not trying to what you just said, be perfect and keep proving myself and keep doing, all you know, all of that. It's it's a mindset shift, really. Yeah. Um, And then also following her her advice and getting those systems in place. Mm -hmm. I was like. Oh, I actually like this, right? Yeah, like I actually what you do more. like yes. <laughs> running this business. Yes, um, and it became a lot easier. It came a lot simpler, and I attracted higher quality clients yes. because I was charging more, yes. and they saw the value in what I was charging, and they had enough to pay me what I was charging. And they trusted me to do the work rather yeah. than me, you know, nickel and diamond with people all exactly. the time. And they want to know where every penny is going <laughs> and where yeah. every minute of your time. And why didn't so you answer true. my email in 15 minutes? Like, yeah, bruh, you just gave me like $30 yeah. <laughs> off my time. Exactly. So I, I am a champion. That's why I said repeat that again, because <laughs> I have clients that I coach too on the marketing side. And when I'm putting their pricing together or putting their packages together Mm -hmm. and trying to show them like, this is what you are actually doing. This is the transformation that you're actually giving these people. And it's worth way more. Yeah. Then they want to fight me on it. Mm. And I'm like, sis, you don't think you worth that? Yeah. You know, so it's definitely a mindset shift. Yeah. Mindset is, is huge in entrepreneurship. I mean, each day, like when I wake up, I listen to something motivational and something to remind me of how powerful my mindset is. Um, and I think also just like it's that's why it's so important to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, black women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who are like on that same wave and can understand. You know, I think something's coming up for me that I just feel compelled to share, too, that comes up a lot for us, I think, is, you know, feeling so being in an entrepreneur space and the rates that we charge and the fact that there's no cap 
as far as like money that you can make and all of that stuff, it's a unique conversation that you have. And I think a lot of times we want the people in our relationships, you know, our friends and stuff like that. We, of course, we want them to like root for us, but I think managing your expectations around how people show up for you mm. and your relationships with people is really important this is because good. we want, yeah, like we want people, of course we want everybody rooting for us, but you got to understand too, the stuff that you're hitting on sometimes with the stuff that you're sharing. Like, oh, I just closed another, you know, five figure, six figure contract, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you want somebody that's rooting for you, find a community that understands it yes. instead of putting all that pressure on people who just simply aren't where you are as far as an entrepreneur. Not that they're doing anything worse or better it's just different and I think that we can we can support our managing stress a lot by managing those like expectations around how people show up for us and what that looks like yes I totally agree I had to come to terms with that as I started um getting larger contracts yeah and you know I got a $25,000 contract or Mm -hmm. you know whatever to do you know to speak or to do a training or whatever and then but I have a friend that makes 50000 a year. Right. Right. So right. I've made in a week. Mm-hmm. Congrats. But, I, but <laughs> to them, they don't understand it. Or it's it, triggering. It, it, it is triggering. It's triggering. It is triggering. Yeah. And in order for you to be a good friend to your friends, mm-hmm. like you have to understand that everybody doesn't have the same capacity that you do. And it doesn't make them greater, lesser, or right. anything. It just means you have to be mindful of yeah. what you're sharing and wh- and who you're sharing things with and how because you can trigger them and then they turn around they and they turn trigger, and trigger you, you back. Yeah, because my big thing, the other side is there's nothing more important to me than feeling good. So when I share information, when I have conversations, like I need to have them in a, in a with people and in a space where I can maintain my own energy and feeling good around my stuff. I don't want anybody planting seeds of doubt or fears. And it's not because they don't love you. It's just because they're caught up in their stuff. You know what I mean? So managing those expectations is going to be really important. That's good. <laughs> So I saw a post, and I wanted to talk to you about this. It said Uh-oh. that self-care <laughs> is more than your hygiene routine. Yeah. And I thought, when I thought about it, I was like, that's good. Because a lot of people um, think, oh, self-care, I'm going to get my hair washed or oh, get my yeah. hair done. Or I'm, you know, I'm taking a bubble bath or whatever. And that is, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, taking anything away from it. But what are some things that um, you recommend to people for their self-care practice that isn't hygiene-based? Okay. Well, y'all already got raise your rates and and uh, put systems in place. Those are two. That is an act of self-care. Um, I think that uh, this is going to sound really weird when I say it. Still working through the perfect way to lay this out. But I think people should be more selfish. I mm. think that to, to be selfish means to have a sense of self. I think that self-care is, is doing more things that allow you to stay in alignment with who God has called you to be. So that's paying attention to who you surround yourself with. That's paying attention to the things that you're doing. That's paying attention to what you're putting into your body. Like, you know, lots of nights of happy hour. Ain't no problem with happy hour. But you got to look at what comes on the other side of the decisions that you make. It's like we talked about with the whole, like, victim thing, right? Like, it's taking accountability for making sure that you feel good so that you can continue to show up and be who God has called you to be. 
So that's boundaries, which I have some things. I know you wanted to talk boundaries, but like that's, that's your boundaries. That's the stuff that you decide to do in your day. No, it doesn't have to be bubble baths. It doesn't have to be journaling. It doesn't have to be gratitude, which is all part of my framework, journaling, gratitude, affirmations, positive thinking and, and declarations and, and breathing and stretching. Those are all the things that I teach, but it doesn't have to be those things, but it can be too. And again, just like the symptoms, how those are unique to your own experience, so are your solutions. They're going to be 100% unique to you. So if you decide to take a yoga class and you're like, I hate this, like, you don't have to do it. Find what works for you because nothing is going to be more important than your ability to feel good and stay in alignment with who God called you to be. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I realized during the pandemic that um, getting out, getting fresh air, getting the oh, sun yes. on my skin... And take a, a long walk. walk. Did you do you go walk down the street? Uh -huh. uh, yeah, uh, every day. If you if you are up, it is, it's I, a nice I little scenic walk. Because I don't know, somebody might start following me. I found somebody. He wasn't following me no. for real. I was like, uh oh. I, I no, 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 no. Let me know if know we got a. Let me know if we got a sketchy neighbor. Which mm -mm. never mind. Mm -mm. Off, anyway, off camera. Okay. <laughs> off here. camera. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, okay. yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, but. I do daily. Yeah. I get up, and my and my team knows. Like I block my calendar. That's good. So I don't have meetings before mm -hmm. a certain time because I don't want to talk to you this early. It ain't yeah. nothing that, that's important yeah. to me this early in the morning. But I get up. I make up my bed first. Mm -hmm. Then I can always say I did something today. Yeah, I accomplished that sense something. of accomplishment is yes, big. Though I accomplished it's really something. Big. First that's thing, a great way to start I, your I'll day. get up. I make up my bed. I put on my exercise clothes and I go and I. You know, I'm outside, mm -hmm. um, and that fresh air, it just does something to me every day. And I have my music going, and whether it's praise and worship or it's just Beyonce, because yeah. Renaissance, <laughs> yes, something. Um, and then I come back, and I do my journaling, my mindful practice. I love that. And um, I get my day started. And I can tell when I don't do those mm -hmm. things, then I'm ready to cuss at work. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I love the idea that you take the morning walk. But what I love even more is that in the morning, before the world has an opportunity to get on you and tell you what they want from you, you take that opportunity to intentionally set up your day. And that would be another thing that I say for self-care. A lot of people hate the idea of like morning routines, but I love the idea of even if it's not the same routine, just getting up and carving some time out for yourself, no matter what that looks like. Like I tried to used to be like super disciplined, like first I do this, then I do this, then I do this. But more than anything, I wake up and allow this this period of time mm -hmm. where I'm not on my phone, where I'm not looking at, you know, anything political or news or oh, anything God. that popped up, right? Um, and I really just have that time for myself to decide how I want my day to go rather than let somebody else decide what that looks like for me. And if anyone is discouraged, you know, I don't have children, but for the folks that do, you know, I don't want you to think this is something you have to take an hour to do. It can be five minutes in the beginning of your day before you open your eyes when people still think you're asleep, where you do some deep breaths and really get intentional about what do I want this day to look like instead of opening your email and finding out, oh, it's about to be like this. You can just kind of have, it's like I said, you know, with the 1090, right? Like 10 is what happens to you, 90 is how you respond. It's all about what you put between, if you look at it like 10 slash 90, it's all about that slash. Mm. What you put in that slash, what you decide to do for yourself, regardless of the things going on around you, is going to dictate that 90, how you respond. So that's where, that's what we're doing when we're talking about, you know, whether it's bubble baths or walks or breathing exercises or, you 
you know, systems or raising your rates. That is us being intentional about what we put in place so that life's going to happen. Things are going to happen. Most of it is outside of our control. We put those things in place so that we can ultimately influence the way that we respond. I love it. Yeah. So that sounds like boundaries to me, and that's the perfect transition. <laughs> yeah, that is boundaries. <clears throat> so that word, that word almost became a cuss word. <laughs> um, I'm gonna explain why. Because I, so me and my therapist. Uh oh. Bless her heart. I love her, but she she does not let up on. <laughs> she does not let up on me. Mm-hmm. So one day we were in a session and she asked me two questions and they triggered me and they have sat on my spirit ever since. And I share it because it really did something to me. So she asked me first, she said, do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love myself. She said, well, why are you letting people cross your boundaries? Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk a little bit about boundaries because okay. I think that as women, I can't speak for men, but I can definitely speak for women. We allow people in our space or to dictate what we do, how we do things, whatever. And I don't know what that is, Mm -hmm. but maybe you could speak to it and help me so that I can grow in this boundaries area. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of have a different approach to boundaries that has kind of evolved, I'd say, especially in the last year. I used to think that boundaries were things that people were crossing and that they were, you know, you're crossing my boundaries. Like, let's say there's a topic that I don't want to talk about. And then I come around and you're always talking about the topic. You're crossing my boundary. Or let's say that I don't want to take calls after 10. And then you're calling my phone after 10. It's like, oh, you're crossing my boundaries, right? And so you'd be frustrated at people because they're crossing your boundaries. And the way that I've grown to see boundaries now is that boundaries are not for other people. Our boundaries are for us. Mm. So it's not necessarily that people are crossing boundaries. Half the time it's that we don't even have boundaries in the first place. We allow, we disrespect our own boundaries. And so let's say, for instance, it's a topic that comes up and somebody says it and you get triggered and you go home and you're like, they disrespected my boundaries. Or you're trying to like, you know, put somebody in their place over this thing where if you know that every time you're around that person, they bring this up, it could be one, either a conversation that you have or two, a space that maybe you don't go around so much. Or when they do come up and they say something about it, you don't engage with it. Right. Or you're upset that somebody calls your phone at 10. Don't answer the phone. Or do like me and put it on do not disturb. (laughs) My phone actually is forever on do not disturb. So that's just another boundary. I'm really bad about my phone in general. Um, It's it's not really the prettiest experience for some people, but it's great for me, right? Like, I don't like being attached to my phone like that. And when I'm doing things, like, I'd like to actually be present with those. I don't like just sitting and scrolling. And, you know, free time is not a reflection of my availability. So I have a lot of boundaries in place, again, systems that handle my boundaries for me. So instead of me always having to explain to somebody how they crossed my boundary, I ask myself, what can I do and what can I put in place for myself to make sure that that boundary is there? So instead of waiting for other people and having to re-explain myself and teach them about what they should and shouldn't be doing, like people are going to people. You can have a whole conversation with somebody about what your boundaries are, and the next week they'll cross it again. Absolutely. What are you going to do about your boundary? Like, how are you going to stop having the conversation? Why are you going around the same people that are triggering you over and over? What are you going to do to take control of your life so that you're not even in position to continuously get these boundaries crossed? What is your, you know, what is your line? 
And you have to decide that and then you have to honor it instead of waiting on everybody else to just like change their whole way of being. This is about you. This is your boundary. This is for you to enforce. That is my view on boundaries. I love that. And I believe that absolutely. Because like you just said, people will people. People will people. And they have their own, whatever they have, whether it's they're purposely trying to test you and trying to push you because they will do that. That's true. Or they just don't. Some people don't have boundaries themselves. Yeah. So they don't even understand. They don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. When you say no or you push back or whatever, they have no like frame of reference that you could ever say like how dare they yeah you know and yeah. so they know so I I totally agree that's why like I said I'll block my calendar I turn my phone off at certain times it's certain things that I don't it's certain people that I see them on my mm, okay great you know yeah if you got something that you really need text me yeah but don't be blowing them up you know it's certain things that you do have to you gotta put your foot down. Right. And I like that you said that, you know, sometimes people just like, they don't even realize that they're doing it. Cause that's really true. And I think that we should take that into account too. You know, like sometimes we start doing inner work and we start to really like learn ourselves and understand the concept of boundaries and things like that. So we start going around trying to enforce them to somebody who's not there yet. Kind of like when we talk to our friends who aren't entrepreneurs and don't understand why they don't understand an entrepreneur win. Right. So I think that's one thing to definitely like keep in mind is that people, they don't always know that they're doing that, you know? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So here's my next thing. So I always ask people five questions because I like to get to know my guests a little bit more. And like I said, this is a chance for me to sit here with you and spend some time (laughs) other than, you know, us seeing each other in the gym and stuff. So. Here's my top five questions for you. Okay. Number one is beach, mountains, or city. Where do you like to unwind? A San Diego beach. A San Diego. She was specific. A San Diego beach. Okay. Yeah. I see it in my I see it in my meditations all the time. I go to San Diego quarterly for my work retreats. So that's Mm. another thing for the entrepreneurs. It's like take time to celebrate your wins. Every after each training, after each close, like I go, I take myself out to eat. I don't even make it a whole public thing, but like, and I also take myself to San Diego once a quarter and go sit and reflect on my wins and my business. So, San Diego Beach, me please. I love it. <laughs> I love it. She said, yeah. I'm going to San Diego. I'm going to San Diego. All right. Yeah. Well, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be, Miss International? <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I I literally, I love San Diego. It, that place has changed me. And um, I would honestly, if I can just be a little bit complicated, but not really complicated, um, I'd split my time probably between here and San Diego and a little bit of Kansas City so I could see my family too. But I'd have a condo, a beach condo off of a San Diego beach. I love it. She yeah. says she's going. Go she's going. Diego. Now you got me wondering. Like I'm like, do I need to go to San Diego? What's it's going a, on? It's different out there. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. maybe I'll that too. <laughs> I've just never. I've never thought about it. I love so it. cool. What is your best or most memorable accomplishment? Mm. Huh. I don't know. Like. I feel like it just gets better and better. It's hard to pinpoint one. Mm. So maybe if I could say just the fact that God put something on my spirit and I ran with it without questioning. And like I bumped into stuff. I never had a solid plan for all of this. And I have just surrendered and let it flow. And I love to see what it continues to become. 
and this is an ongoing just celebration and opportunity to give glory to God. I love that. She said I I surrendered and I let it <laughs> I let it flow. Yeah. Wow. That man, that just <laughs> took me because a lot of times the stress as we're talking about stress and all that stuff, the stress that we feel is because we are trying to control something. We oh, don't just of flow with what is happening. I've learned that in my own life. It's like, okay, well, yeah. If that's where we're going, <laughs> this is where we are. This is what's happening. Let's figure out. Yeah. Cool. So my fourth question is, what is your biggest fear? Mm. Probably the opposite of what I just said. Like not moving on what God puts in my spirit and leaving this world without feeling like I've been used for his good. Mm. I can You know how, that. and I think, I mean, that happens to so many people. How many of us have had ideas and just been too afraid to move? And we could have served more people. We could have... Uh, you know, just been able to tackle territory or get something to somebody else in another way. So that that is why I'm doing this is so that I don't have to have that biggest fear. I love it. I also don't like snakes or spiders. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like anything. <laughs> I don't like anything that moves like that's not a human. And some humans I don't really like, but I don't. <laughs> I don't like that's animals real. like that. <laughs> I, unless it's like a puppy or something, oh. or, you know. Yeah. I can do that. But yeah. snakes, spiders, scorpions, the little geckos that run around here. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of those either. I'm good. Too close to a snake and a spider. Yeah. It's like a really fast one. Yeah. Snake, spider, <laughs> snake, spider and a frog. Yeah, it's like it's all too mixed much. up together. It's just got a lot going yeah, on. I don't, I don't like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my last question is, what is something that your closest friends would all say about you? Um, so it's funny. I, my friend, I don't know if you could see this on my finger, but in college, she gave us all these rings that she felt symbolized who we are, who we are. And so mine has a peace sign. So that would probably be it, you know, um, peace and stress. Cause I'm real goofy. So I'm always like, you know, jabbing at people, you know, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, just that, I mean, most of them say, you know, things like, they can always count on me for a different perspective or, you know, just to kind of make peace of things um, and help them just to kind of point them back to God, find guidance within themselves too, um, so that they can keep moving on their way too. That's a blessing. It's yeah. a blessing to have a friend like that, that you can go to for perspective, especially when you start, you know, going along your own way, getting, <laughs> your, getting in your drama triangle and yeah. making up stuff yeah. and whatever. And just have that friend that says, hey, girl. <laughs> get back on track get yeah. back over here that's also why i have a therapist yeah so that you know I, th- I think that's important it's of course it's important to have those friends too but i really love if i can also just recommend this for all the entrepreneurs get a therapist mm-hmm. your friends are not your therapist Mm-mm. your friends you know have their own stuff and so does your therapist but your therapist is there intentionally for you to have that space that is all about you because what we tend to do with friends is like oh this is what i'm going oh i've been there too me too and it's really nice to have a space where I, I like specifically that my therapist, and here's an add-on, get a therapist that has somatic practices, and I'll tell you why. Um, but I love that my therapist continues to point me back to myself. What getting a therapist has given me more than anything is the confidence to know that I know the answer when I can connect to God. Yes. So I don't need to seek a bunch of external validation and be sitting and talking in circles around things that are painful. I need to do the inner work and face those things so that I can keep 
going, right? And my therapist really helps me realize that I know what to do. Yeah. Um, and I say somatic therapist for a reason that you named earlier that I really wanted to hit on, so I'm, so I'm glad I'm saying this. Um, you mentioned that you had back pain, and that's when you knew that you were experiencing more stress. Um, we don't just hold stress, traumatic experiences in our minds. We also hold them in our bodies. So yes. what I say in my trainings is our issues are in our tissues. We literally hold on to our stress. And so noticing the areas that you're holding tension and intentionally moving those areas are really important. And having a somatic therapist can also help you to pinpoint where in your body you're holding that tension and give you exercises to work through those. Because not only will it release the tension, but it also may help you release and process through a situation that you're holding on to that might be getting in your way. I love it. I love it. I'm telling you, my back, I, I can always <laughs> tell. I'm like, ooh, this back is hurt. And so my chiropractor, my massage therapist, and, you know, me doing stretches, my walking, all yeah. of that. I'm like, let me let me move this body so absolutely. I can. So you are absolute. See, I knew. <laughs> me and you, we always. I, I love the exchange of energy. I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to say this publicly. Okay. We don't spend, like, significant amounts of time together. It's like. The elevator. Yeah. <laughs> the elevator. I'll be in and out. Lobby. Yes, you do. Every time I see you, you in and out with a with a with piece a of luggage. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. the door, you know, yeah. that type of stuff. In uh-huh. the gym, whatever. Right. But I can I can attest to your friends that you do have a very peaceful spirit. Like I always feel drawn to you. Like this girl, you know, like you just Thank you. Yeah, you always are very even keel. I just <laughs> you have attractive energy. So thank oh, you for being that. Thank you. Yeah. That's thank my you favorite for, compliment. <laughs> yeah, you do. So thank you for being that. Thank you for being mindful oh, thank you. and and exuding what it is that you do in your business. I can I can definitely tell. And I just want to say, you know, excelsior <laughs> onward and upward to you. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes. So. All right, y'all. We have come to the end of this episode. If you have enjoyed it, I need you to like, I need you to subscribe, I need you to send it to some friends because guess what? They're probably experiencing some level of stress. They need some of these tips to go ahead and put these things into practice yourself. And if you've been following me and you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, you know now that every morning I have been putting meditations and affirmations up. Yes, because that is that has been... It has been a lifesaver to me for mm-hmm. me to tell me who I am and not let somebody else tell me who I am. Okay. Okay. It's big for stress it management is, too. It's huge. So y'all tap in in the mornings. Yeah. I tend to, they're only a minute, but they give you a quick affirmation for you to take on your day. And two of the ones that we've said, you said here today, accountability. Mm. So I was, yesterday, I think it was, was I am accountable. And today was I am mindful. So um. We're on the right track. So, we sure are. Yes, make sure you tap in. And then next week, we will be back. We had a guest, my last guest before this one, Nelson White. Oh, my God. Y'all y'all ate that episode up. Y'all loved it. <laughs> y'all commented. I got emails. I got text messages. I've had, like, brunches <laughs> with, with other people talking about the conversation that we had. And so we're going to come back again because one of the things that y'all kept saying is y'all never answered the question. What do what do men want? What do women want? Okay, fine. We're coming back next week. We're going to do it all over again. And we're going to sprinkle a little something extra in there for you. So make sure you come back. We'll be here Wednesday at 6. 
Same time, same place. We'll see you later. Thanks for watching the Bright Girls in Business show. Be sure to like, comment, and share this video. And don't forget to subscribe and smack the bell so that you get notifications each and every time I go live with a new episode. Until next time, watch one of the previous episodes and we'll see you next time.